0: Logo Geek. Hey Logo Geeks, it's Ian Padgett here. I'm back with another podcast that's created to help you make a living designing logos. Today's episode is sponsored by The Perfect Match, a game where designers submit mood boards created using Adobe stock assets. And if your mood board design is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other talented designers, art directors, and creatives, where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's totally free to participate in The Perfect Match and by simply submitting an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. To learn more about that and to enter, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash logogeek. So this week on the podcast, I'm joined by Reagan McCrill, who most of you might know better as Frank, the founder of his own branding and design studio, Good day Frank based in Australia. One thing that I've always admired about Frank is his talent for personal branding. So um, go and check out his social media, uh, Instagram in particular, and I feel he really captures his personality whilst also sharing great advice and knowledge that provides credibility and trust. I highly recommend that you go and check out his website too and all of his social profiles as I feel that he's Uh, someone that's a really great case study uh, for other graphic designers on uh, how to do this stuff really well. So I'll include links to all of that in the show notes and you can find it just by heading to logogeek.uk forward slash 117. In this interview we'll be discussing how Good A Frank came into existence, the transition that he took to go from full-time employment to self-employed, how Frank developed his personal brand and built a reputation and we end the interview discussing niching and how it didn't work out for Frank and the lessons that he learned from the experience. So let's dive into this, here is the interview with Good A Frank. So on your website, you have this nice introductory story, and I think it'd be a nice way to open up the interview. So once upon a time in late 2017, I want to start a business, says Frank in a text message to Samantha. Do you know how to do that? Replied Samantha. No, but I'm sure I'll figure it out. Frank energetically replied. So I think that's a really fantastic kind of introduction to your website. And I think it's a good opening for this podcast as well. So I'd like to find out more about your story. So I think that that's quite a big moment to to make your yeah. mind up that you want to start your own business. So what what were the events that led up to that for you to make your mind up that you want to start your own um, mm. graphic design business?
1: Yeah, I mean it it I could say it's like a, a a story as old as time type of thing, but it it really doesn't feel as momentous as it possibly sounds. I think at the end of the day for me, I was working in a television production um, design role. And so I was coming up with identities day in, day out for new TV shows. And after seven or six years at the time, six and a half years, um, it was kind of drawing a long tether and I was not so enthused about it. The team was just not having so many wins and things. and It's a really low hit rate. It's kind of like the hit rate you might have on an e-commerce store where it's like three to six percent, like this was a kind of hit rate for TV shows getting up on on air, so it was a bit deflating and not seeing your work out there as much as you'd hope it would be, and all these kind of things. Anyway, I got to this point where um, I was starting to reconnect with the, I guess, the design community that I was felt a part of when I was in my uni days six seven years prior, and uh, I just thought to myself, look, there's got to be something that I can do more than this. I don't think I want to go into working at another agency or another production house or something like this. And I'd always watched my father, who is a self-made man of sorts. He's a contractor in the music industry, and you know, does really big, you know, amazing shows from anything from Elton John to Coldplay to um, just kind of you name it. He's probably worked mm-hmm. on that uh, tour. But watching him having done what he's done, working from home, having that. Uh, diligence to to actively do the work while being in the home setting and, you know, obviously flying away and doing tours and things. But to see it's actually possible kind of gave me an idea that I don't want to really want to work for somebody. I want to do it for myself. And so this this was the kind of catalyst at some stage, I want to do my own thing. And I think I can potentially do this. And that's, I guess, when I started seeing few different people on YouTube um, that were doing design stuff. And I joined some Facebook groups. One of them was yours actually, Ian, um, and just saw this amazing community. And I was like, oh my God, a lot of people are doing this. This is fantastic. And then like most people, probably a million or more people out there, discovered Christo in the future. And what they were teaching at the time was quite uh, revolutionary, if you will. Um, And it just sparked something. I was like, this is it. This is the time I want to do this. And me chasing bright lights, I was just, it was just like falling down a rabbit hole of all these different bits of information, either business or how to interact with clients and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, end of 2017, I just thought to myself, look, my, my child at the moment, we had a, 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 not even a one-year-old, I don't think of that stage, six months old. And we've, we've got married, we've done all the things and we've got to the point here where I think this might be my time let's do this. And that's when I sent that message to my wife and I sent that text message and we're only, we worked in the same building, we're in the same office. And uh, yeah, I mean, I could have just walked over there, but sent her a text message anyway. And she sent that back. And then we had a chat over lunch, I think, and it just kind of snowballed and just the momentum, you know, kept going. And then six months later, yeah, I handed in my resignation and, and kind of was out of there. But um, there's a bit more to that story, but I, I don't want to keep rattling on there but that was kind of where it where it went
0: yeah well i I, i'm keen to go into this story because um i think a lot of people get to the point where you are in your story right now where they work for a company they're no longer happy or fulfilled in that company uh they have stuff going on in their personal lives I I was in the same situation, you know. Uh, me yeah. and my uh, partner at the time, we we had a little one, and I, I think that's a um, an important moment for a lot of people, and they feel that they want to be able to be at home more. So I, I think this it's common people feel this way, but a lot of people don't know what to do to go to that next step. And that's something that I'm, I'd i love to go into. Yeah. Uh, so I'm aware that you created, uh, good, 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 good uh, I can't get my words good, good day Frank, I'll get out in the end. <laughs> I wouldn't make a very good Australian, would I? <laughs> um, and uh, so, so you made your mind up whilst yep. working in a stable job yeah that you would like family. to leave that stability and mm-hmm. work for yourself and earn enough income to cover all of the living costs and everything for for you your family for your little one that's a, that's a big yeah. jump that's a big commitment you mentioned about there being a 6 month gap so Yep. That's scary for a lot of people. So, so when you mm. when you decided to leave, did you have any clients yet? Did you have any website? Did you have anything yet? Was it was there anything there yet, or is that <laughs> what you got ready in that six months?
1: So, in that nothing nothing prepared, no no clients per se. But I will say this is like the big caveat to all of this of why it was a successful jump. Um, and it wasn't a ju- it wasn't a leap like most people would have to do and, and hope and pray and all the rest of it. It was just a, a pretty easy jump because when I left the company I was working for, I, I kept them on as a client, and so I kept doing the same work that I was doing, and and was on a retainer with them for eighteen months after that, and then had some additional work within that same company that that raised my income or revenue, you know, if you will, um, even more, and then started bringing on clients, you know, as I could, you know, do more and more and more. Um, and work capacity wise, that was no problems. It was just more the business acumen side of things, which was just non-existent. And I think for many, for many designers, many creatives, um, we all excel in the creativity and and creating things and, and doing all the amazing things that many, many people can't do. What we severely lack a lot of the time is this acumen to know finances, to know legal, to know, you know business etiquette and and running something that's profitable and and all, all these kind of things. I'm still learning it. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm still making mistakes and, and still figuring things out here. But I think if I didn't do the due diligence that I did at the start, which was things like uh, connecting with um, a lawyer and and that. Uh, for me, Opportunity was someone I used to work with um, that was the head of you know, legal at the time, and he knew his ins and outs, and it was very easy to connect with, and we just did a bit of a barter of services to create my contracts and know a little bit of the lingo to be able to negotiate contracts and things like that, which served very well at the time. But then also connecting with uh, an uncle of mine who was at the time or just retired from a very high up position in in business and, and finances. And so he helped me set the business up and gave me some good footing of what to kind of do next and and then connected with a, an accountant. So they set me up and, and and did all the rest of that kind of thing and took that obligation away kind of from me to have to really know what the hell I was doing and make it something that... Seemed like I knew I was what I was doing, and I kind of did, I guess, half-heartedly. But looking back, on it, I, I knew nothing. It was like that that you know thing in Game of Thrones, you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> and uh, it, it kind of felt like that now, looking back on it. But you kind of wing it. I think that's the thing, and, and you, you had that gut feeling that this is going to work, this is going to work. And um, so that six months was watching a a lot of the future, um, just ridiculously, just on replay and watching live streams that they were doing and all the rest of it It was fantastic content at the time really helpful at the moment it doesn't really fly with me at the moment because i'm i think a little bit past it but in terms of at the time it was it was what i needed then and then finding other books that were about how to start up a creative business i think one book i bought was the creative truth i think it was can't remember what the the author's name was uh, off the top of my head um and then yeah just trying to absorb all the different things and all the legalities for government stuff and and all all the hoo-ha that goes with it. And so that way, once I handed my resignation and I felt confident to say, I'm out, and my my boss was just like, no, please don't go. (laughs) I said, well, uh, I want to go but have a bit of a tether um, a bit of a, you know, still have a lead in here and still help you out. I want to, I don't want to cut, you know, um, you guys out at the moment. I'm wondering if you'll allow me the opportunity to fly and, and do my own thing, but still work with you, um, to do all this stuff. And and that worked harmoniously, uh, for 12 months. It got a bit hit and miss in the last six months of of that 18 months, but once I walked out of that with a contract in hand, I was like, yeah, let's go. So June 30, this is the end of our financial year here in Australia. July 2nd was the Monday after that Friday. And it was, you know, rubber hits the road. Um, so th- there was a kind of a lot to it. I glossed over a, a fair bit of it, but for the nuts and bolts of the main things, that was that's what I kind of did and just, yeah, winged it, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think you were really lucky that when you handed in your notice, that they were open to you. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's hard.
1: (laughs) There's no guarantees with what that conversation is going to be like and what the result of it is. I mean, I was prepared to, you know, at the end of the day, walk away from that and just figure it out and just take that risk. And if 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 if, if everything balls up. I just move back in with my mum or something like that with my family and just work it out kind of thing. Like there's that fallback and not everybody has that fallback. And I think that's the big thing that you can't kind of learn from someone else's journey a lot of the time. You got to figure out in your own circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's freaking risky. I got to say.
0: Yeah. I was really lucky that when I um, got to that point and I handed in my notice, First of all, I already had clients, I already had a stream of clients, I already had a presence online. So, you know, when I handed in my notice, I probably would have been okay. Um, but I was lucky that, uh, it wasn't something that I asked for, but they offered part-time and that worked for me that, that there, there was that transition, um and being honest I think if I did completely cut and lose them I probably would have really have struggled because yeah. um, like you said you, you, uh, you kind of figure stuff out as you go there's only that, that like you can read as much as you can from books you can watch as much as you can online but you know when you've been working for a company and you've just been doing that one role and, and now you leave and you suddenly have to do everything and oh, yeah. you can't rely on anyone else, you're going to make mistakes whether you like it or not. So having that, um, you know, that, that transition between the um, uh, two is, is amazing if, if you can have that. Okay so there's so much that we could possibly go into in, in in terms of your story just based on what you said then but there's there's a thousand things that I want to talk about with you I, I, I know we can probably talk for a long time so uh, let's see if we can break this down so one thing that I think you are amazing at like like incredible at is the ability to create a personal brand
1: and yep, I'll take that.
0: I, I think it's something that you're really, you're really good at this. I, I mm-hmm. think you're in terms of graphic designers online. I, I think you're one of the best people that I know that that, that do this. And I w- I want to make sure that we dedicate a decent amount of time to this topic. We can hey, dive don't, into it. Don't, don't make my head any bigger. Here. It's already big enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so personal brand. Yeah, I think. um why why good day Frank? Like Frank isn't yeah. even your name. Your name is Reagan. So yeah. how did good day Frank come up? Yeah, let's let's take it back to that. Okay. So everyone kind of wigs out when
1: they like that's not your name. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> if you know me on LinkedIn, that's I have it as my actual name, legal name. Um but Frank comes from my middle name is Francis. Uh everyone might go, "Oh, Francis," but uh <laughs> It's just such an old-timey kind of name, but it's both yeah. my grandfather's names. Interestingly, when my parents met for the first time and they said, oh, what's your parents' name? What's your parents' name? And both my grandparents on both sides are, are Betty and Frank. And it was this weird conversation my parents had, and it's a great story. But from for me, growing up with the name Reagan, there's nothing wrong with a name. There's, there's harder names to pronounce and spell than mine, but it was always miss. Spelt and mispronounced. Yeah. I get Regans a lot and weird spellings that sound like I'm a Game of Thrones character. Um, just it, it kind of always grinded either my gears or even my parents' gears. Um, yeah. And especially my surname as well as well MacRill. People say mackerel like the fish, and it's it's just a bit of a conundrum. And so to introduce myself to people, I've had you know even an instance where I said, "Oh, good I'm I'm my name's Regan," and this guy just totally was off completely. And he said, Oh, Greg, I was like, mate, do you want to try again? (laughs) Um, And so from there, I just wanted to give some person that I connected with the easiest way to connect with me and remember me. And I knew that wasn't going to be with Reagan. It it just isn't going to fly. Even just seeing emails that come back with different spellings, like, okay. Um, So I just thought, let's go with my surname and what my grandfathers call themselves is Frank and and made that a thing. The g'day part of it, I mean, lo and behold, I'm an Australian and that's how I greet people rather than saying hello or hi or hey, I'll say g'day and literally walk down the street and someone walks past and I'll say g'day. If they're a local, if they're just some random in the city, I'm not going to say hello to everybody. Um, (laughs) But that kind of salutation um, creates an interesting uh, instance where I can answer the phone and say g'day frank speaking and kind of use the brand name right there or i can i can write an email and or someone a client can write back an an email to me and say g'day frank and my brand name is right there in that first greeting if they want to use it and a few clients have and they get like they put the little smile emoji after it and see what i did um that kind of thing and it, it always makes me smile when that kind of thing happens and or if i say you know G'day, how are you doing? They say, G'day, Frank. And it's like, there's the brand name right there. Um, so it, it's nothing new. There are a few businesses in Australia that do use G'day in, at the start of their uh, business name. And it, it works quite interestingly. And it's just to say that I'm an Australian. My name's Frank. It's not really Frank, but it's my middle name. So it's still not just some made up thing. And um, it's just easy to remember, easy to spell, um, easy to pronounce. And that's what a brand is should be It's so what a logo should be It's all these hallmarks of branding and i don't think i considered it like that too uh, too much when i was creating it originally i wanted to call it frank but then i found out there was a heap of businesses called frank and I wasn't original at all but then found g'day frank was free on instagram on facebook on twitter on uh, a domain name for g'day frank.com and i was like let's let's roll with this let's see what happens and the branding side of things, yeah, I just made a logo and kind of slapped it together, used pink and blue because it was like, boy, girl, I'm not offending anybody there. Let's do really stereotypical. Um, pink might be a bit, bit off-center for a guy to be using. Lo and behold, there's a couple of other guys in do branding that have pink as well. But um, that was kind of the, the the guts of it. There was nothing too overly considered about it. But since then, it's 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 evolved, and I've started to understand what I can do with it, and um, and really make it something into so many different touch points. So that's that's where it comes from. That inception. That's a really long answer, but that's that's, that's where it is.
0: No, you 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 explain that incredibly well, and uh, I, I think one of the amazing things about it is you can't really forget it. And I, I think you are right that uh, Reagan. Uh, I would be honest I've never heard anyone else with that name so I can understand why people would spell it incorrectly and and yeah. I can I can understand why uh, why you made your mind up to go in, 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 in a different route
1: especially in Australia and the UK in, in America they've had a, a president Ronald Reagan I think that's where the name originally came ah, from, yes. from, my, from my parents um, So if when I was if I was in America Reagan is it's generally a, a female um, name of all things. So the only other person I've met that's a Reagan is a, is a lady and she was American. Um, so it's not an uncommon, like if you typed in, you know, that name thing, you might, you might've seen on Instagram about looking up your name in urban dictionary or something like that. Yeah. what That means it's always a a female kind of definition. There's no, there's no one's in there, but, but yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, a tricky one at times. Um, not to say that I'll change it or anything. I'll just use it kind of like a, someone on a stage name would use. Like Ringo Starr's name isn't Ringo Starr kind of thing. Um, yeah. And just make yeah. that a thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Okay, so in terms of expanding on your personal brand, yep. um, and another thing that I feel that you've done well, and I don't know if it was like this from the outset, uh, your website, your social media, mm. um, you have, first of all, fantastic images of you. Uh, They all seem to capture a lot of personality and when you read your website copy it also has that same personality. Uh, It feels like there's some great plan to this that you've really um, it's almost like you you created a strategy for how you wanted to come across and you've worked hard to put that all into your content your images your social media and and everything like that and um yeah is 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 that the case because i think if anyone needs a good example of how to do a personal brand go and look at your website because it, I, I think you've done it all well
1: let's say yes but no <laughs> <laughs> um, no i mean i'll take the compliment as well but I think for me, it's just again figuring it out as as I go, and I don't mean, think there's any grandmaster plan. If it looks like it's put together, fantastic. I mean, that's that's the ideal result. But for me, it, it's not knowing until someone else says it's good or bad or enticing to want to work with me. Um, so I guess you know my. The thing I want to deliver to my clients to be slightly different in the way that I go about it is to, you know, the first thing you see my site is be seen, heard, and remembered as a brand with personality. And that's, if I can't deliver that for myself, then how how does a client have the confidence to think that I can do it for them? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that mirroring of expectations that if, sure, if he can do it for himself, what could he do for us kind of thing. And especially if you took it in the light, which most clients are going to consider this, but for us as creatives, To create a a brand or a logo or any kind of design for ourselves, it's really tough. Like I remember designing my wedding invitations. That was like pulling teeth, trying to get something that I was happy and proud of and and represented both my wife and myself and what we wanted to create as a celebration of our relationship. And it, it was very similar with my own representation of how I wanted to present myself but also as an extension of myself, this persona that I've created that is Frank and remove myself from who I am as Reagan, which is not as loud and verbose and and vibrant as you might think. It's a little bit more you know, normal. I don't know what normal is. Um, And it's just kind of developed over time. So for me, that first website I created took me six months until after I started my business to actually get it kind of up and have some content on there and and that's, it's had such different iterative looks and feels and now it feels like there's it's at a place where I think I'm uh, best fitting of how I see branding and, and what it is I do and there's some clarity there. And, and the big thing for me, there's this kind of epiphany moment halfway through this year was coming up with my own kind of definition. It's so bloody audacious of a designer or a branding person to come up with their own definition, but here we are, we're all trying to do it. Um, And it was creating a captivating moment of connection from clarity. And that that captivating moment for me is turning up with an ungodly amount of personality and color and vigor and and energy when I don't even drink coffee um, and make it something that's compelling to sit through or flick through or read or whatever, even if I rattle on like I might on a podcast or my captions on my Instagram, um, if that captivates you and that, that forms a connection, fantastic. Right there, we've got something going on about a brand that you're going to remember me for. Mm-hmm. And then all this comes out of clarity of knowing who it is I want to connect with, how I want to connect with them, what I want them to feel, all these kind of things to create an experience and, and everything kind of ties in with it. So for me... I feel like I'm quite grounded in what it is I do now. I mean, it's only been three years, and this will probably change in a fleeting moment in a year and a half, maybe. But I think just knowing and being comfortable in your shoes of where you're at, and you know, maybe this comes with age or whatnot, but just being content at least for a certain amount of time, and go, yes, this is. I'm I'm proud of where I am, and then that way you can talk more naturally. You can communicate as you think you are who you are and what best is a reflection of what other people see of you and all these kind of things. So that if you turn up in person and that person goes, Hey, you're totally different to how you are online. Like I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went to a design conference halfway through the year, um, a lot of people came up to me and they knew me. I had no idea who half these people were, but they followed me on Instagram and I was like, hey, how are you doing? Introduce yourself. Because they're like, oh, hi, I know you are following Instagram. It's like, okay, come on, let's start up a conversation here. They're like, oh, that's fantastic. You're so welcoming and, and just like I thought you maybe might be, but I wasn't too sure if, you know, when you meet some people, they might be totally different in person. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of different ways that you can go about presenting yourself in a different way that is not just hi, I'm a designer. Here's my work. What do you think? Um, you know, you can entertain, you can educate, you can, you can, you've got so much opportunity to connect with people rather than what designers had 10, 20 years ago, where you had to do it face to face. You had to call people. You had to do all these face to face meetings. You had to knock on doors. You didn't have the same opportunities as you had now. So it's like, why the hell not? Why why wouldn't I put on a wig and? have a little bit of fun and not take myself so seriously, you know? Um, Why wouldn't I get in front of a microphone and think I'm all that and make a podcast, you know, doing all these things just to show up and have fun and not take it too seriously, but also understand what it is you do and what kind of impact you make um, and show people the way I guess, and, and give people the confidence to feel like, you know what it is you're doing and that you can help people. Mm -hmm. I think is what helps you kind of get a bit of an understanding of what you bring to the table and, 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 and you go from there and you be comfortable in that.
0: I interrupt this interview for a short message from the sponsor of this episode, The Perfect Match, a game where designers submit mood boards created with Adobe stock assets and earn your chance to play on a game show to win big. As designers, we pitch good vibes and great ideas through visuals all day, every day. But how well does our design communicate? do clients and higher-ups really understand the work we put in front of them? Well, let's find out. Test your skills by assembling a brand-inspired mood board with Adobe stock images to the perfect match. And if your skillful product is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live-streaming game show with other groovy designers Art directors and creatives, where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's free to participate in the perfect match, and if you submit an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. To take part and to learn more, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash logo geek. That's theperfectmatch.co forward slash logo geek. So now let's get back to the interview. I find it really interesting what you said about uh, like d- these websites where people say, hey, I'm a graphic designer, here's my work. Um, I remember a lot of people doing that type of thing five years ago or more, maybe 10 years. Yep. But I, I think now, and, and, and I don't know exactly why it's going down this route, but I'm finding that the most successful designers... Or, or people that are doing well or, or well-known mm. tend to almost act like a celebrity so <laughs> yes. I, I think I'm gonna say, I feel like I feel like I fall into that category because I've got my own podcast I've got my own community I'm doing all these things yeah. you're doing this stuff as well so you have your own community you've got your social media you you attend these conferences you speak at events you, you are kind of a celebrity and I feel, I feel like in order to succeed, you kind of need to do this. Do you agree with that? I'd say yes and no. I mean, I think it's, I always say
1: this to somebody, especially if they wanted to make a podcast, you don't have to make a podcast to, to, to connect and and speak your truth about what it is you want to do. Like, mm-hmm you can, you can happily go along with life and and just create great things in, in silence and and do your thing and people can admire you. You don't have to get out there and do all these things. Um, You know, there's, there's amazing, you know, physicians out there that change people's lives and they're unsung heroes and become things. Whereas other people are not so much, I don't want to say chauvinistic, but just are happy to revel in that limelight. And it, might pump them up. It might give them some inspiration. It might just give them that opportunity to connect with people and and share and belong and and, and do all these kind of things. And I think once you get to a point where you've maybe done it, I don't know, altruistically or, or just for the fun of it. Like I've, I feel like I've, you know, made what I've made for the fun of it, rather than some hairy, you know. You know, twinkling my hands like Mr. Burns kind of thing of plotting <laughs> some you know, crazy strategy out there. <laughs> um, it's not so much that. It's just having fun with something and then people notice and it just perpetuates and, and people start to share things and go, hey, there's that guy. I, I like what he's doing or I like what she's doing. And you follow along and you've got this thing called social media there that just amplifies that and um, it, it makes those connections a lot Easier than it probably would have, you know, back in the day, like I mentioned. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it does, I think, potentially help open doors. Um, having this idea of fame or, or notoriety, uh, good or bad, you can be polarizing and, and still be very successful. You know, there's many cases of that in many different industries that can help you, or you can just be an all round amazing dude, like a guy like Mike Jander, just wants to be everybody's friend and is such a lovely bloke and and gives and gives and gives and gives and, gives and, and you know you become known for something. And I think if you if you turn up and you become known for something, it might be it might be intentional or it might not be intentional. I mean like totally oblivious and you just all of a sudden you're like um, that Emily in Paris show where she just has like hundreds and thousands of followers because she's just fo- like just taken some photos of herself in Paris and everyone starts following us for some reason. It's uh, it, it can be a hit or miss, but I think for me the experience that I've had at least of creating content, creating a podcast, creating other accounts that was helping share what it is I was learning and, and sharing the learnings of others in this G'day Design Life thing that I had going for about a year and a half, a um, year or so ago. And that led me to meeting the guy that designed the logo for Apple, um, Rob mm-hmm. Janoff. I've
0: seen that video. I'll share that in the show notes. It's very good.
1: Yeah, thanks, man. Um, that was just awesome. I mean, it was such a geeky moment. It was such a logo geeky moment um, <laughs> of, of meeting of meeting Rob and, you know, especially when he's such a humble, down-to-worth bloke. And, um, and just these weird and wonderful things where, where doors open and you have these conversations and these connections and, you know, it might not lead to, to work necessarily and to, to revenue things and, and all these kind of things, but it might be that catalyst that helps you become more confident, you know, more apt in how you communicate, uh, and that might come across in how I articulate myself in a podcast like this, that I can happily get in front of a microphone and just talk. Whereas yeah. probably three, four years ago before I started my business, I think I would have been a little bit more boring, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, so it, yeah. it, has its, it has its positives, but it can have its negatives, i got to say, Ian, as well. I don't know if you'd have experienced this of you can have criticism or you can have people that don't like you and you can butt heads with people. You know, I've had that in several instances of late or in the last couple of years where just you you have conflict with people and, and people yeah. have conflict with you because either you're doing something that they're not or they're doing something that you're not and, you know, you get a bit of tall poppy syndrome happening and I don't know if it's jealousy or if it's just, you know, difference of opinions, whatever it might be, where you start to become on a stage with people that, you know, either have a similar limelight or, you Wanting to have a limelight and you know getting the getting their knickers in a knot. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think that type of thing is 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 sadly part of being uh, on the stage. <laughs> um, that you are open to criticism, but but I, I feel that you need to ignore that. I I, I you know Absolutely. if someone starts doing that to you, just block them. <laughs> um you know, you 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 don't need that type of person in your life. Um I, I think in terms of all of this stuff, um even though you said it's not always like it doesn't always bring in any clients or doesn't impact your revenue or anything like that, I I do feel that all of this stuff collectively creates credibility and Absolutely. reputation like it's yes. it's it's, it's yeah. mainly for reputation growth making people um aware of who you are so so you mentioned that people notice and i think that's really important because if people notice you and know what you're doing that means that when they need branding or a logo who are they going to go to? The person that they noticed and okay. and that comes to their mind when they think of that thing. That's it. Um, and you also know
1: Ghostbusters. You know that. That's exactly.
0: <laughs> it. Exactly. So I I know we've um because I, I agree you don't need to like become like a celebrity mm-hmm. <laughs> um you know i'm using that word in quotes because yeah. i'm not sure of the best word to um use right. um but you are right it opens up doors like when i started just posting on social media uh, uh posting on twitter yep um so posting on twitter daily i know twitter's not the big thing now but at the time that was that was one of the main channels that opened up doors that opened up other doors that opened up other doors that opened up other doors. It, it's like a, they're, they're, there's always a domino effect to this type of thing. And, um, I know with you and everything that you're doing, if you hadn't done a load of this social media stuff prior, you probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to sit down and interview Rob. You wouldn't have yeah. been like personally prepared to sit down and have the confidence to actually interview him. So yeah. I think... like, um, I know a lot of graphic designers probably find the idea of doing what we're doing right now terrifying, <laughs> oh yeah yeah. and i've been there i've been through that and i know by persevering with it you know, just uh so so when I first started my podcast, and to be honest, you can go right back and, and listen to the first ones, or you can listen to something that I did prior oh, I have. to I have. psychic. <laughs> wow. Um, I was really nervous yeah. and and it's it's all like very monotone in the way that I'm speaking. And um a lot of the time I had to re-record parts and in interview, and you can really <laughs> hear that it's it's all kind of fudged together. But yep, yep. you if you don't start and you don't try and, and and when I say this, I'm, I'm not just referring to a podcast. This could be video, it could be audio, it could be posting on social media. If you don't start, mm. you're never going to get good at it because, uh, you, you know, because you're 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 not allowing yourself to learn and and to make mistakes. But I, I really do think that graphic designers now, in order to succeed, I personally don't think you can just sit there and post stuff on like you know just post like stuff on your website yeah you'll probably get clients but I don't think that you're going to like really thrive in the way that um, yeah. you want unless you get out there and, and start creating a personal brand exactly you, you can't just
1: sit in your house even if you had a soapbox you stood on it you had a megaphone and just started shouting I'm a graphic designer no one's going to hear because you're not in front of people yeah, uh, you need to be in front of people for people to, you know, hear you, see you, interact with you, and then, as you say, think of you at the time when someone might need you. They might not need you right now, and I think if you do make content and, and people aren't engaging, and the only people that are engaging is your mom. Hi, mum, if you're listening, but I don't think you've had to get to a podcast. Um, like, if if that's the audience at the moment, that's okay. There might be somebody there that is just a bit of a lurker. And they come and tap you on the shoulder three years later and go, hey, I've been following you actually for a while here. I might not have actually pressed the follow button, but I keep Mm -hmm. checking your content and keep looking at you. And um, now is the time that I've got a business and I need someone like you. And I really admire what you do. And I've connected with you and understand what your kind of personality is. I think you'd be great um, to help us here. You know, how about it? That can happen. Um, I've had that happen. Uh, Somebody that's just stalked me for about a year on LinkedIn and just said, dude, I've got something for you. You want to chat? And I was like, let's go. Um, and then you find out like, that he said, you know, at the end of the day, I've been watching you for a year. And I'm like, that's weird. But here we are. <laughs> and,
0: yeah, I've, I've had the same experience because, yeah. y- you know, you, you kind of have to keep um, making people aware of what you do. Right? I think that's what it boils down to. Like yeah. it, it's, it's, you, you kind of want as many people as possible to know what you do and you want to keep reminding as many people that you do what you do and, mm, and mm. to always be on their mind. And, and uh, you know, you, you could do that, you know, just with telephone calls or with text messages or whatever. But we're in this wonderful day and age where we have the Internet, we have social media, we have all of these platforms. Um, there, there's endless amount of platforms. There's new stuff always coming out. If you use those to your advantage, people can become fans of you. They can get to know you. They can enjoy your work. They can enjoy your content. And and like you said, um, something like a logo or branding, someone's not just gonna like like decide. Uh, uh, you know, when they first speak to you, oh, I need that. I'm I'm happy to invest my money in that. Yeah. They will. Yeah they 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 would need to wait for the right time and then they need to be able to think who who could do that for them and and Mm. if they know you if they like you if they trust that you can do the job and and you being able to consistently prove that you can do that who are they going to call yeah exactly. (laughs) they're going to call you Exactly. I think there's one kind of pitfall,
1: I guess, to doing this and showing up and and creating a a kind of a following or an audience or or people that engage with you in a community or whatnot. I think for many creatives, you start to attract those that are like you. Um, You can't help it. Um, I I didn't set out to make content on Instagram to appeal to my fellow creative. Um, At no point did I, until I really made a side account that I could just share what it is I was learning and learn at the same time with G'day Design Life. And I think a lot of designers might potentially, like me, get sidetracked by wanting to educate others or or share that knowledge Mm -hmm. or share that process rather than trying to target and aim that content at a potential business or client or individual that could benefit from your services or what you do best. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody at some stage has created educational content for their fellow designer, for their fellow creative, which is nothing bad, but it might attract your attention away. Sorry. Det- yeah. What's the word detract? No. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the word is. Um, just take you away from what it is you should be realistically doing for the, that's most yeah. viable to what it is you need to do. Um, that's just one thing to kind of keep in mind if you do show up like this and just kind of think to yourself, do I need to be sharing what it is I know with fellow designers? This is going to be advantageous to me finding a new client. Is someone, is a client going to find this interesting? Um, you know, they might. They might say that this guy knows what they're doing because this is what they're, you know, this is what they're showing me how to do these things. I don't know how the hell to do it. They seem like the expert. That's great that can happen. Uh, I see made by James, you know, James Martin doing that really well, but he still shows the actual work. He's doing a lot of it. Um, And, and so there's, there's always exceptions to that rule, but I think we might just get a bit clouded in wanting to share and do all the things. yeah.
0: Yeah. I know I'm, I'm probably not the best example of that, but in, in my case, it's very much a, a, a conscious choice. Like I've intentionally, um wanting to go down the route of creating content for other graphic designers but what I found by doing this and and at the beginning I did fall into that trap and it was kind of by accident um but but as my business has progressed creating this content now I'm I'm making an income from this through sponsorship um but also the way I see it is anything you do no matter who it targets it grows your reputation it yeah. improves your reputation it it kind of cements credibility it opens up doors so it it it. even though I'm creating that content for other graphic designers it still achieves all of that stuff that um allows me to attract clients in indirect ways. Yeah. Um but that's a, that's a whole topic in its own. It yeah. And <laughs> I've got more questions that I want to ask Let's you. Let's go. So, Let's press on. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to ask you about niching down and I have no idea how this has gone. But yeah. um I can't remember when you started it, but at some point, I think it was about a year ago, you set up brandmypodcast.com. Yes yes and i have checked this online and um i don't know if this has gone well or not for you because it feels like now you're uh it's not so much of a priority for you so can we talk about this so when when you started out you you decided you're going to be a generalist branding Mm -hmm. identity guy Mm -hmm. then at some point and I believe the last, I I, I you I think you listened to the interview that I did with uh, Mark Coats. Yep, that's the one. And you was inspired by that. Absolutely. So you created yeah. brandmypodcast.com. Yes. And yes. from what I could see, you did all the right moves. So you created a podcast about it. You created a website about it. You was um, using Clubhouse and having these daily Cause in terms of like strategy and everything that uh, I, I feel that a a graphic designer should do to succeed in in a niche, you was doing all of it and and if anyone wants a good case study, go and check out what you did with brandway podcast but can you talk about that so why did you yeah. decide to do that and then what what how did it all go <laughs> yeah yeah, I'll start by
1: saying you can't find it anymore. <laughs> The uh, the URL won't exist in a couple of days. Um, So it it didn't go well and for a few reasons, Um, but I'll I'll, I'll come back to that. So I I remember it as clear as day listening to that episode with Mark. Um, I was at my kid's swimming lesson. I had my AirPods in watching him and just had it, you know, listening to this episode. It was about podcasting. I was like, oh, I have a podcast or two. Let's, let's have a listen to this. This guy does branding and, and, and does a bit of it with podcasters and, and helps them create their cover arts and all these kinds of stuff. I was like, damn, why am I not? Why have I not thought of this? This could be interesting. There might be something in this. And I didn't think it really needed all that much to create something that looked the part, sounded the part and, and all the rest of it. So I could create the, the landing page in a couple of days and kind of sub-branded G'day Frank in a way, put some headphones around my little GF logo and made it kind of look the part and everything and thought, yeah, let's make a podcast that accompanies it and and create content around it. And so from January 11th was my birthday, uh, start of this year, let's go. Let's make something different. Let's niche down because everybody says niche. I hate the word niche now because it doesn't mean absolute jack s-h-i-t because if you don't get it right it's not going to be worth it and it wasn't worth it for me in six months it just fell flat um maybe because i wasn't actively going after the right people i don't know but it just wasn't viable quick enough and i think for me a niche needs to evolve over time it's not something you just go now i'm going to do this um it, it it might it might look, it might work, who knows. But I think for me, if I'd done it as a side thing and, and just sort of built up a bit of a uh, notoriety, I guess, in the space and, and and sort of put it out here and there and offered it as a sort of a side service like Mark has, it's a better way of going about it. And I think you build up that credibility over time. Mm-hmm. Just saying overnight, I wanted to be the person that does podcast branding and just think that, Everything's going to come flooding in. It, it just because you say it is doesn't mean it always is going to happen. And that was what I experienced. This is the first time re, re, me really, you know, talking about this because at the time it was just a bit of a a crap one. But by, by four or five months in, I was just like, what am I doing? This isn't this isn't. I'm having fun, but this isn't really working. Um, I have all the clarity around it that I need, but it, it's just not viable. And I found that it's not viable because there's somebody on Fiverr charging $5 for artwork, for cover art. And how many podcasters that are starting out that it's just you know everyday Joes like me wanting to shell out a few thousand dollars for some guy to brand it and make it a proper legit looking thing? Not many. Because I know that not many podcasters succeed in creating podcasts. You get pod fade and you die out after five to 10 episodes, maybe 20 if you know you've had a good crack at it. Um, it's not as viable, especially commercially to, you know, generate revenue out of it. You need to be doing it for a long time and get sponsorships like Ian does. So, you know, it, it's it just for me, the rose colored glasses sort of shattered. They didn't just come away. They were just like, what are you doing? Um, and that's where I was like, look, this needs to kind of finish here. I've had, have had fun. I've explored the idea of niching like hard and quickly And it's not viable for me to create a sustainable income out of this. Um, And so I was like, I need to go back to branding the way I was doing it to service and product based businesses, be it here in Australia or abroad. And maybe niche kind of in some places where I've had some traction already and kind of say, these are kind of like the general areas that I think I'm best suited to based off past experience and things like that, and maybe some slightly bit of interest. But I think to niche, you're better off niching on a type of service offering, like if it's branding or if it's illustration or if it's website design, UX or UI, that kind of thing, rather than doing that, the kind of the vertical or or horizontal, whichever axis it is of industry. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It, it can be a bit fraught with danger, but I know, you know, people like, uh, I think one of your admin of logo geek, um, Craig, um, that does schools and and that kind of branding. Like I think over time he probably found that niche of just working with more and more over time, um, and, and made something out of it. So yeah, it's, uh, it no longer exists. I'm sorry to say.
0: Oh, that's a shame. I I know. Uh, watching you when you did that, I, I felt like, in in terms of all of the moves, it felt like you were doing all the right things. So you were creating content specifically to help podcasters so you're doing that through social media so on instagram primarily as far as i'm aware um yep. you were yep. also using clubhouse to do these uh, really nice like live events where you were talking about podcasting to attract yep. people um you also set up a really good website where you um you know outline what your product and service was yep. um but um I don't. YouTube I don't know if you would. Different. Yeah, yeah was you was of, doing. Like, you yeah. was doing everything that I would advise someone to do if they were going to niche down. You obviously know what you're doing, and 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 you did all of that right. Do you think that? Um, because I, I don't. I don't think niching necessarily failed. I think where it potentially, uh, did fail is that there was just not enough people out there that would be willing to pay the amount of money that you were charging because I I know I know I know speaking with Mark about this because it's an interesting one there are different kind of price tiers there's lots of people out there doing this type of thing you know from Fiverr and I think um, Mark kind of has like fixed price products and they're all I I think they're really cheap still Um, in terms of your pricing if I remember right it was a it was a lot more expensive than uh, what's out there. Do you think that's potentially the reason why it failed rather than the concept of? Yeah. Uh, probably. Yeah, uh,
1: I think it, uh, the services that are offering was probably catered to the 1% and it's, yeah. it's a hard one, 1% to kind of find, I guess, you know, without sort of sounding desperate, Hey, your podcast artwork sucks or your website sucks. You know, do you want something to look proper here? Cause you've got a great podcast. Uh, that's not a very easy sell. So, yeah. The, the price is one thing. And I think, you know, if I was starting out, if I was an 18 year old still living at home, wanting to, you know, you know, a hundred bucks would just make me happy. Yeah. yeah. Then Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it felt like starting from scratch, i got to say. Um, so I was back to square one of going, I'm going to need to build up a whole reputation here and then think that yeah. I'm the only person doing branding for podcasts or anything like that. Like get real. Um, it, it was just a bit, a bit too fanciful thinking, I guess, um, but a good learning point, I think, you know, of knowing what the, what works and what, what doesn't. But I think the other part to it is just time. So being in it long enough to see the fruit of that labor. And for me, what I didn't recognize is that the time that I, it took for me to find the first client I had as a result of creating content on social media on Instagram and LinkedIn, and having a website and all the rest of it, that took 12 months to have somebody say, I found you on Instagram Mm -hmm. or I found you on LinkedIn. Let's work together. Before that, it was a lot of word of mouth kind of conversation or referrals or things like that. So, um, you know, just knowing that I couldn't wait around until I started getting traction and it wasn't probably going to be a fruitful outcome to be viable for this business to succeed. And, you know, being me being the kind of sole you know, income earner for our family. My wife, you know, is helping with the business, but she doesn't have a job herself. It, it doesn't work. So you need to be able to recognize this very quickly. If you don't, then you're really going to be up the creek without a paddle. Especially during a pandemic. Um, at the time, it, it was just an absolute thunderstorm of things waiting to hit. That I was like, okay, I can't. I, I literally lay down on the floor here in my office and was like, what am I going to do? And that's where I just got the whiteboard out, took it out the back into the backyard and I documented all this and was like, this is what I'm going to do now. This is where that epiphany moment of my brand um, definition came from and and who I was going to work with and how I was going to present myself and just did this pivot. And since I did that pivot, my business is back up and running and it's doing really well. Amazing. Um, And I think it's, it's those moments that, make you or break you obviously that broke me i I was in tears um and you you saw the tears as well if you if you saw my vlogs on youtube and instagram when i went to this design conference in one of the last vlogs i was just a shattered mess you couldn't you might not have really recognized it but i was in pieces like i was just like a broken man inside just kind of putting a smile on my face and a camera you you
0: worked really hard you you put in the time you put in the effort yeah, and, yeah. um, like I said, you know how I keep saying that you're very good at personal branding. Hmm. You, you know, when, when you released that, uh, brand my podcast, you put in everything to. Yeah. yeah. That
1: was everything. All day, every day.
0: Yeah. 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 It was a crazy amount. And like over even
1: before I launched it, that was doing it over this time last year, like the Christmas new year break. And I was just like ferociously going at this thing. And I was talking to a few people about it. And they're like what are you, how did you do all this kind of thing? And I'm like, <laughs> I just did it. Like, you don't know if you don't go kind of thing and you don't, whatever. And just pull it out of my hat. And everyone was like, what the, heck? where did this come from? Kind of thing. It makes sense. You do podcasts. You have a good crowning of it. You can add your branding flair to it and all the rest of it and make it something great. But it just, it, I think it was a little bit of a hard sell at the price it was and not having not being able to afford myself the time, especially when runway's dwindling that I had in, you know, my bank Mm -hmm. and all the rest of it, it just becomes a very very swift decision, but a hard decision at the same time to just cut cut it loose and just go. Yeah. This 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 Peter Pan dream can't continue, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, yeah, but now you have a great story to tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and maybe go in a book or something later down the track.
1: Who knows? Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. I, well, I, I I think you make a valid point that um you know if, if if you're gonna create something new, then then building up slightly makes sense. I mean that that's what I've done with um all of the logo geek stuff. You know, now I'm at a point where. I can specialize in logo design. I can charge a decent amount of money for um, logos. But when I started out, I couldn't do that because I didn't have the portfolio pieces. I hadn't built up a reputation yet. Um, I hadn't established any authority on social media or any authority on google you know all of that stuff takes time and um, uh, when i've seen graphic designers succeed in in a niche i I think you're right they they do tend to gradually work towards that i know that's what craig did uh with school branding matters um Mm -hmm uh you know he he obviously didn't do that at the beginning but he gradually phased towards that um it's something I I think I've been thinking about you know maybe like going more down a niche but I think if I was going to do that I would do it you know just as a side thing for a while like any clients that I get that's in that particular niche just to put it on that website and to slowly yeah. Um, so yeah, build it yeah, rather than cool. <laughs> i think yeah, if i remember right you kind of really you went in hard you cut it you cut off yeah, one went thing in. you went all in you really yeah. did and yeah, uh, it, so cool. it was it was impressive to watch and it's really sad to hear that it didn't work out <laughs> it's such a gamble <laughs> like it, it, it's just like starting a business it's such a gamble if you go if you
1: roll a dice you go all in you know you, you can either win big maybe um but it's it's a very It's a very small maybe that it's going to happen or, you know, you can fall on your face and call it a day and go, well, I tried. And, you know, at least I can show that I put a good bloody effort into it and might be a bit of a case study for others to realise what uh, to be prepared for in those kinds of instances. If you do it, 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 it's most likely, I've got to say, probably not going to succeed. But if you take anything from it, be prepared for the long haul yeah, and and make it something that you can build up over time, so it does become viable over time. Um, even like, look, even if it succeeded at the beginning and it got all this traction, it's not to say that it would have continued either. Um, you can have that ebb and flow in business, like always, and uh, and it, it could have pitted out. Who knows? But it's that's just the story that I guess I'd I'd want to share there of just those little caveats are go and just just check in case niching might not be the right thing for you right now
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well i i think um, we're nearly at that hour mark and we've gone through so much of your story I, I know that we can keep going i can keep asking more questions i've you got like, if you a want, list of topics you can if you um i want. want to keep i want to keep the podcast to about an hour long That's okay. um but this has been absolutely incredible i am I'm glad in a way that you did try the whole niche thing. I'm glad that we've had this story that you can share. And I'm glad that now you're at a point where things are good. They're good, right? You know, I want to end this on a positive.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm on a good track at the moment, which is good. So it's keeping me very busy and uh, I'll be working over these uh, Christmas holidays most likely. But um, yeah, I think it's just something where in in life, in business, you're not to know what kind, kind of, can come next. And we all have gone through that in the last couple of years with pandemic life and, and you know, businesses can fail and succeed in, in times like that. But, you know, if you're there to grid it out and and pivot and reposition yourselves, and that's a big thing about branding is just position yourself in the right thing and being able to know when you need to change and shift and evolve. Um, it can do you credit over time, but you just got to be prepared i guess to slug it out and see what happens um but yeah like if you can have a fallback plan a plan b kind of thing if you can just Mm -hmm. go okay well if it all fails it all goes belly up then i'll just get a job like at the worst that's what it would have been so it's not the worst thing in the world at the end of the day
0: yeah exactly and i think it's always worth having those uh backup plans Uh, um, I'm I'm going off topic slightly here but there's a book called the four hour work week and uh, there's there's a really good exercise I like in there where I can't remember the guy oh Tim Ferris he speaks about this exercise that's worth doing and I think it's worth anyone doing that that wants to work for themselves is he pictures the absolute worst case scenario so say in the event that you suddenly didn't get any clients, you didn't have any money coming in, you could no longer pay for your mortgage, you um, lose your house, you know, absolute worst case scenario. What would you do in that scenario? And obviously that's awful that that can happen. and, And in most cases that probably wouldn't happen. But in the event that it did, I don't know about you. And I think you did mention earlier in this that you could, you know, go and stay with family. Mm. I could probably stay with you know family I've got family I could sleep on their sofa worst case scenario and it's useful to think of that so that you can take risks and I think you creating the um brand my podcast was a risk Yep. in the event that 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 did fail you had backup plans and it's yeah. worth it's worth thinking about those scenarios so in your case your backup plan you could just pivot back to what you were doing uh previously yeah. and that worked for you um it, you know if if that fails you can go and get a job if if that fails you have yeah. family you've got that support system just and go uh, mow some
1: lawns. you know
0: yeah yeah I, I think it's good to think of those things yeah. and and having that in your mind you know the absolute worst case scenario for your situation yep. it just helps you in those situations where you want to take a risk, do something different, try something out. Mm. If it doesn't work out, you have the ability to pivot and change. And I think it's good to think about those things in the way that you have. Uh, You've got a good mindset. Um, Like I said, everything that you're doing, I think you're doing Um, fantastic stuff and people that don't already know you they have to go and check out what you're doing you you know follow you on social media check out your website see all of the core stuff that you're doing um I I think you're a very good case study so um yeah I really appreciate you coming on and um I look forward to hopefully doing this again in the future to talk about different topics again likewise and
1: my head is about to explode with all that uh (laughs) <laughs> all
0: that, So, thank you very much for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you so much, Reagan, or Frank, for such a fantastic interview. If you want to learn more about Good a. Frank, head to his website, goodafrank.com. For links to his social profiles and a transcription of the interview, too, go and check out the show notes for this episode, which you can find by heading to logageek.uk forward slash 117 and if you're listening to this during the week of release i wish you all a very happy christmas and on that note i'll be back the same time next week for another exciting episode of the logo geek podcast